0: Welcome to University Hill, located on the campus of the University of British Columbia in beautiful Vancouver. Each week we gather on the traditional, ancestral and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. We worship, sing, pray and engage with scripture as we seek to grow in faith and as followers of Jesus. We pray that this podcast of scripture passages and sermons preached will bless your own faith journey. And of course, you're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning. Check out uHail.net for a Zoom link and more information. The first reading this morning is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i shall dwell in the house of the lord my whole life long this is the word of the lord Thank be god and a reading from the gospels john chapter 10 verses 11 through 18 i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay my down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Holy God, uh, it's marvelous to think that we are the sheep of your pasture, that we are your people, and as Jesus says, uh, he knows us, and we are invited to know him. The Good Shepherd knows the sheep, and his sheep know his voice, and so we pray today that uh, we would hear that voice clearly. We would hear your word well, and we pray that we would hear it well so that we can make you better known in this world. We give you thanks and praise uh, that you call us to the task. And so we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and minds would be acceptable in your sight. And we pray in the name of Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So if I, if I had to bet, uh, I would guess that the 23rd Psalm is probably uh, among the mo- most well-known scriptures of, of any of them, of all the scripture passages. I bet you the 23rd Psalm is at least in the top five. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, if you know any scripture passage, it, it, there's a good chance that it's, it's this one. And, and in fact, I, I know that many of us here have, today have it memorized, and I would even go so far as to say that if, if you don't know it, more or less by heart, I, I want to invite you to take up the task of memorizing the 23rd Psalm. Okay, that we're going to start this week with the challenge. Usually I wait till the end of the sermon. We're going right off the top. You know where this is going. I, I want to challenge you this week to uh, memorize the 23rd Psalm if you don't know it by heart already. Because one of the most valuable spiritual disciplines that we can undertake is memorizing Scripture. Now, if you want to do one thing this week that will draw you closer to God, that will deepen your discipleship, memorizing Scripture is an excellent choice. In a world where everything is just a Google away, and I I love that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I I Google Bible passages all the time. Uh, It's a great gift to have right at our fingertips, but in a world where everything is a Google away, it's almost kind of rebellious uh, to, to... take the time to let the scriptures really get into us to to linger in them to let them be written on our hearts and and work them over and let them nourish us again and again it, it's it's almost rebellious to just kind of know them and have them easily on our lips And you know the, the claim of, of Saints in every generation is that the scriptures are in some meaningful way the word of God we say that every week this is the word of the Lord and we may we may want to talk about what exactly that means but but the we are we are committed uh, the church has been committed through the ages that this is the primary way that god the holy spirit speaks to and shapes a people so that we can take part in what god's up to in the world so so i think we need to know these words and, and these days you know memorizing chunks of scriptures may seem either kind of archaic or or overzealous Uh, And of course, being able to quote passages of Scripture is not a sign of uh, actual spiritual growth or maturity. The the devil can quote Scripture. The Bible testifies. Uh, But but getting the Scriptures in us is is one way to remind us, remind ourselves that, that God's Word is meant to find shape in our lives. It's meant to form and transform us. It roots and grounds us in the story of who and how God is for us in this world, and it helps us bear witness to that. It helps us be signs of where the story's going. So besides prayer, which also is also important, you know, memorizing scripture may be the most valuable thing we can do to draw close to God, to deepen our faith, to allow ourselves not to be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind for the sake of God's world. Plus, it'll enrich your prayer life, uh, it, it, especially if you're someone who struggles to pray. If you, do, if you find prayer awkward, sometimes just knowing some scripture can give you words to say, and I think it's especially helpful in those, those really hard seasons when words fail us entirely. Right? There's no shame. Uh, in fact, it, it, it's, it's highly recommended to pray using other people's words. And if you were asked me where to start memorizing scripture, I think I would probably say with the twenty-third psalm. Now, it's just hard to get better than the twenty-third psalm. I mean, if even if we were just able to to call this to mind, to let this hold sway in our lives, it would be—it's incredibly powerful, right? The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths or paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Just those those three lines, just those three verses are are kind of an exuberant reminder of of whose and who we are. Uh, To have them in our hearts and easily on our lips is a great gift. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I appreciate that that may not be the most evocative uh, image for those of us who have lived nowhere near sheep uh, for our whole lives. Um, But if you have, you would have some more uh, insight on this than I do. But one thing we can be sure of is that King David knew what he was talking about. Uh, He's the one who wrote this poem, Prayer. And before he was the king of Israel, he was a shepherd. Now, before he fought Goliath, that's the same David, uh, he was a shepherd. He, he'd fought lions and bears, he says, in order to protect his flock. You can read about that in First Samuel chapter 17. He, he'd lived with the sheep day and night uh, to make sure that they were cared for, that they didn't wander off, and that predators were held at bay. You know, as a shepherd, his whole concern would have been for his flock. And what a, what a gift that this is one of the primary images for who and how God is for us. Now, what a thing to know that ours is the God who's not vaguely off in the distance, but right here with us. What does it mean to sing that ours is the God who's not indifferent to this world or to our little lives in it, but completely and totally invested in our well-being? I mean, do you know, can you imagine that God is deeply, lovingly, vocationally <laughs> concerned with your life. I mean, do you know that? I, I need that reminder all the time. I, I am totally susceptible to uh, distortions of God's character, to the idea that God is easily disappointed in me or that God is not really paying much attention. You know, And like, like any sheep, I am, in the words of one of my favorite hymns, prone to wander. <laughs> So, so what a marvelous thing to be able to sit in the assurance that, that God loves me and cares for me, sometimes in spite of myself. You know, and when, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, like we just heard in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, we, we see how far God will go to stay close to us, to fight for us, even to lay down his life if it means overcoming the things that would destroy and devour us. Now and of course, the, the 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 to live in the promise that the Lord is my shepherd and I don't need anything else. That's what I shall not want means. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. That's not just for when times get tough, is it? I mean, that's grounding us in our truest identity. Uh, no matter what's going on, we are God's and God's is ours. God is ours, and what else could we possibly need? The Maker of heaven and earth is on our side and will cross heaven and earth just to be with us. I mean, just knowing that helps us avoid attaching our worth, our hope, our deepest commitment to anything that can be taken away from us. I mean, if we have all that we truly need in God, then what we need most deeply, the truest source of our, 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 and sustenance of our life, can never be taken from us. Never. And that relativizes everything in the best kind of way. You know, our true selves, our primary identity, is never at stake. It can't be taken from us. It's not our jobs or our families, our bank accounts or our abilities, our accomplishments or our legacy. It's it's nothing the world around tells us matters, which actually helps us to love and care for the things and the people that we love and care for. It makes us better stewards of God's gifts. Because when we're afraid to lose things, we it, it, it can become clingy and anxious, right? We can be suffocated with worry. We can mistreat others in order to protect what is ours. We can make demands on our loved ones to be for us what they cannot be. When we tie our identity to even the good things in our lives, we actually distort those things. We twist them up. If we say things like, my family is everything, or my job is everything, or my youthful good looks are everything, um, that ship sailed for me a while ago, but you know, we're actually demanding something of our loved ones, of our beloved things that they cannot be. Our loved ones cannot be God for us. That is an unfair burden to put on anyone or any But to know that the Lord is my shepherd and I don't need anything else, that's an invitation to expansive love, to be open and generous instead of anxious and clingy, to to linger in the height and depth and length and width of God's love for us, which always grows us in love for the world around. So I want you to say say this with me, either aloud or silent. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. Where does that word land for you today? The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. Go ahead and say it again if you want. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. Pay attention to the fact that we are not praying. The Lord would be my shepherd if I was a better sheep. (laughs) This is not the prayer. This is a spiritual fact. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. Let that tumble around your heart and mind. Put, put the emphasis on different words as you say it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you through that promise. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. And as you say it, is there a word? Is there a sensation? Is there an image that comes up for you? And I want, you, I want to encourage you to write that down. This is what the pen and the paper's for, just in case. If nothing came up, that's okay. But if a, if a word or a phrase or a sensation came up for you, write it down. And if you want to share anything in the chat box, you're welcome to do that. The Lord is my shepherd; I don't need anything else. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. I I don't know anyone these days who doesn't need a little soul restoration. Now I I, I preached the psalm. Uh, almost exactly a year ago. It was a couple of weeks before. I'm sure it's a vivid memory for many of you. Uh, I, I preached this, uh, this psalm uh, as we were right in the first weeks of the pandemic, in those first early days, those uncertain days, back when we thought we'd be back together in six weeks or at least by the summertime, when return to normal seemed kind of imminent. And here we are, 56, 58, 56 weeks later. 58 weeks, I don't know. A long time. Longer than we thought we were going to be. And, and for most of us, I think I think it's fair to say that it hasn't been as hard as it has been for some. You know, for, for our church, I think we've weathered this season pretty well. Every week, I delight to know that I'm going to get to worship with you. We're still worshiping together, meeting together. Uh, maybe not the way we would love to, but we're doing it. But it's still, even though it's been it's been all right, it's hard not to take on the weariness of the world, isn't it? Right, the, the the worry and the the anger and all the all the stuff that's filling the newsreels and and Facebook feeds, it seeps in, and gets under our gets under our skin. And, and it seems to be a consistent fact. I mean, this may not apply to you, but it applies to to me and to lots of people. That difficult seasons can often lead to a sense of spiritual dryness, right? A difficult season can lead to a sense of spiritual dryness. It's easy to pray and to praise when, when things are going well, isn't it? It, it? It's harder to do those things when they're not. And so what a gift to, to let David's image uh, in these weary days have its sway with us. This is God's desire for us. This is God's determination for us. This is what God is determined to do, to bring us into lushness when all around us is dust. Ours is the shepherd whose good pleasure it is to satisfy our deepest thirsts. So say this with me. Say this with me. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters, He restores my soul. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And Jesus, the good shepherd, says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Uh, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I'm humble of heart and and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. And where do you need the, the Holy Spirit to minister to you today, to let you rest, to feed your soul? And what comes to mind? I mean, maybe you know exactly where you need rest, where you need restoration, <laughs> where you need that, a deep thirst slaked. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it's a surprise. Maybe there's something coming up for you that, that you weren't expecting, that you didn't know was a place where you needed some restoration. Write that down. Write it down and then offer it up. You know, St. Peter writes this, he says, cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. We have a good shepherd, a good shepherd who desires goodness for us, who wants to lead us from desolation to lushness. God wants our restoration. God wants to overwhelm anything that distorts who we really are, anything that distracts us from the marvelous fact of us, that we are God's people, the sheep of his pasture, as another psalm puts it, and nothing less and, you know, maybe in the season of Easter, we might be just a little more bold to, to trust this line, to, that regardless of what's going on in our lives. I mean, you, you might be frolicking in green pastures right now, and if so, praise God. Uh, that's wonderful. We don't, <laughs> uh, but, but lots of us aren't. So we might find it hard to receive the hope and promise of this prayer. But, you know, Easter invites us to a hope beyond hope, right? A hope that's bigger than we could muster ourselves. When Jesus is raised from the dead, the good shepherd having laid down his life for the sheep, when he is raised from the dead, it's a seal on the promise that nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ. And it's the wild hope that nothing is going to keep God from getting what God wants for us and for this world. Even deserts will bloom. That the driest riverbed is going to gush with the river of life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, in right paths for his name's sake. And I, I just love I love this last part. You know, knowing who we are, knowing the source of our life and the hope that we have, we remember that we're not just passively laying around. <laughs> but we're being led in righteousness for God's God's name's sake. Receiving the wonder of those first lines, we're, we're now ready to move into the world as those who bear God's very name, right? As those who are strengthened and equipped to live and move and have our being in the hope and peace and joy and love of God. And one of the great distortions of the uh, the Christian life is that it's simply spiritual, that, that somehow what we do here or what we do in the quiet of our prayers is not truly connected, not truly related to what we do out there in the rest of our lives. And it's complete nonsense. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The only reason to do any of this is to let it find shape in our lives, to get caught up in what God is doing in the world. And to live righteously, to live on right paths is to live in right relationship. It's to love God and neighbor with everything we've got. It's to seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with the one who's making all things new. It's to live expansively and joyfully, not because everything is perfect, but because we know the one who knows us and loves us and leads us even into the darkest valleys. You know, I, I think that the the gift of the church for the world, and I believe that the the church is meant to be a gift for the sake of the world, is that we are people learning to live in the truth of that first line, the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything else. And in the freedom of the second line, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. As an alternative to everything else we're told, so that we can trust in God sufficiently, so that we trust our good shepherd uh, to sufficiently lead us in the way and the truth and the life for which we are made. We get to live in the name and way of Jesus, to let our lives be shaped for his sake and for the sake of his kingdom. We get to bear witness to an alternative path, a righteous path, which is, I think, what this weary world needs. We get to live in this, I want you to say it with me one more time. I'm going to paste the whole thing in the in the chat box so you can follow along. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. May it be so. Amen.